Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, where we will be working together to dump our depression. Now, welcome to your daily dose of encouragement, refreshment, and joy with your hostess, Mariah Young. Hey guys, welcome back to the Finding Freedom Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again. I really appreciate that you are taking the time to join me. Today, I'm so excited I get to have my first guest and I cannot wait to share the people with you that I'm getting to interview. They are local people doing cool things. Today, I actually get to share with you Annie Bencheu. And Annie um, and I actually met at a church downtown, which um We don't attend the same church anymore, but we still run into each other, though, which is really cool because we both live in the downtown area. Our sons go to the same middle school, so sometimes we see each other during sporting events. And then also, you know, my daughter babysits for Annie from time to time, too. So it's very fun. We still see each other often. And truly, Annie is just a fun person. You can spot her easily because she just always has the biggest smile on her face. She has such an insatiable zeal for life. I have never met anybody so excited about just whatever she has going on. She is just a fun person. And she also has really great hair. (laughs) It's very true. So you could actually spot Annie just because you can see her gorgeous hair. (laughs) So anyways, without further ado, I want to introduce you to Annie Bencheu. Hey, Annie. Hi. (laughs) So Annie... Could you just tell us a little bit about what it is that you're doing? Yeah, sure. Like Mariah said, I'm Annie Bencheu, and I get to help um, in a lot of different ways the fostering community of Clark County. I started it because my husband and I wanted to adopt, and so we had two biological sons, and we loved our boys so much that we thought if we wanted to have another one, that we would just adopt, and so we started the process of looking at adoption and found it to be quite expensive and found out through a friend that adoption through foster care was possible if kiddos needed permanency. So we went that route and got to know the system that way and spent spent lots of years as foster parents hoping that one of the kiddos would be in our house forever. That's a little bit of why I do it. So, okay, I got to tell you guys, we're really just sitting here having coffee. So we're going to try and keep this in kind of a discussion manner because you know what? We're just two friends meeting and we're going to share some information with you at the same time. Really so good coffee. You may hear coffee cups and a little <laughs> bit of sipping and how is we're just sitting here having some fun. Um, But yeah, so Annie is the FNO, the foster parenting is definitely what I asked her to come on here for. And Annie, can you expand a little bit on what FNO is doing? Yeah, so FNO is one piece of what I do, but FNO is the Friday night out is what we call it. And it is a place once a month for foster parents to bring their kids, both their their biological kids and their adopted kids and their foster kids. If they're a foster home, they bring their kids and they get to go have a night out. So the kids get a night out inside of of the building and playing with us and the parents get a night out to just kind of help them um, take a break because they don't get very many breaks. They work really hard. And then we also get to like love on these kids and, and be a support for them and be friends with them in a way that it's more like 
like a grandma is how we try to do it. Like we're like, this is grandma's house. And so we play and we have fun. So mm-hmm. that's and what I've, we do. I've actually been able to, I got to sort of help. I got to make some centerpieces for one of your, for your guys' Christmas yeah, event last year. Awesome. And it was really fun. And I mean, just the little bit that I saw you guys put all your heart and soul into it. It's really fun. I know that there's probably stressful times with it, but also I bet I'm guessing the payout's probably worth it. Yeah. How long have you been doing FNO and what motivated you to start that? Yeah. So in the process I was describing of what our journey into foster care, what we learned in those first few even years, I want to say, is that there's a lot of struggle between social worker and foster parent. Mm -hmm. And we were hoping for a way to support everyone. Mm -hmm. We were hoping for something that would help social workers retain foster parents and help foster parents feel cared for. Because we could see that, like, just as as we hung out, we just saw that some social workers were like, oh, you're a foster parent. And some foster parents were like, oh, they're a social worker. And so there was that, like, tension between them that we really wanted to help. As we dreamed about how we could help the whole system, that's how we landed on FNO because we mm-hmm. feel like it helps for social workers to place kids in and for foster parents to like have some relaxation in the middle of their stress. Mm-hmm. So FNO has gone through about two school years now. This this week actually is our our wrap up for the school year. Wow. So yeah, two years. Two years. Yeah. That's a long time. That's wow. That's and you have a lot of volunteers for this. We sort of are trying to really generate a, a caring family around this issue. So we have like 30 to 50 people that hang out with us and, and serve these kids with us. And we kind of have a lot of people that want to help. That's, so that's great. It's really awesome. 30 to 50 and for two years. I mean, that's yeah. amazing. So um, next question, when you decided to work with foster families... Did you have any fears or doubts about starting this program? Yeah, I suppose there were quite a bit of fears. For me, the issues regarding foster parents and foster children are kind of intense. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a lot of sadness involved in the stories of each individual child. And I think I was afraid of inviting the community, the non-fostering community, to care for the fostering community because I wasn't sure if that would be too heavy. Hmm. So that was a concern of mine going in. The other concern that I think maybe started when we first became foster parents, I addressed this concern or I felt this fear was that foster parents kind of have a bad rap. Sometimes people think they're in it for the money or they're not really a loving family or they're not really a real family for the kiddo. And so I had those stigmas that I had to like hold because I that's what I was afraid of is falling into those having people think that about me. Hmm. Yeah, I can relate to that. I think that Hollywood particularly paints yeah. a pretty bad picture of foster parents. I mean, just yeah. look at the movie Annie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For example. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of... And, and maybe that's even a reason some foster families are afraid to become foster families. Do you think that that... For sure. I For me, it was honestly the top fear was like, I don't want to be one of them. I don't want to be that a foster family. I don't want to ha- associate my family with that word even. It's really sad that that's out there because mm-hmm. um, that has not been my experience. Well, and so then that actually kind of leads right into our next question, which is perfect. What made you do it anyways? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what made me do it anyway? Well, my husband and I really did want to 
have another child or be a part of another child's life. When we got, when we put our foot in the water and tested it, we heard about the 700 plus or minus foster kids in Clark County. Mm-hmm. And we kind of were like, our hearts were broken for just the number of children that need stable homes, even if it's temporary, they're basically homeless. And at that time when we started, there was kind of a push to like care for homeless people, like kind of in the community or the city. We, and there still is, and that's great and important. But we kind of were like, oh, wow, these are actually homeless children mm-hmm. that people kind of want to overlook or don't really see. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of saw the need, and when we heard that statistic of around 700, is plus or minus, uh, it's a moving number every day, <laughs> in Clark County alone, of kids that live in out-of-home placement. So they're either in a relative caregiver situation, or they're in a foster home, or they're in a, a group home of some kind. But mm-hmm. when we heard that statistic, it was really important to us that we felt like as people that know that God loves kids, we wanted to enter into that, that God's heart would be broken for those kids that didn't have safe homes. And our hearts broke for that too. Mm, Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And for as far as FNO, you know, you had fears around that. I'm sure you probably maybe had some logistical fears. I think some things that we all struggle with when we're starting to follow our dreams and maybe start a program or do something like that is like actually success. Like what if this happens and I'm in this for 10 years or, you know, I mean, we don't know, you know, besides the fears that you said um, (laughs) as well. Yeah. I know there had to be definitely some fears with um, that, and you kind of mentioned a few, but what made you do that anyways as well? Yeah. Yeah. I think what made me want to do that anyway is the invitation. I really felt like the invitation to people to see, to like kind of taste and see. I was actually really excited uh, on top of being afraid for them because I was afraid that they would be you know, blindsided. And they are every month with, you know, with things that kiddos say that are in foster care, you know, about my dad's in jail or my mom's always drunk or whatever. Like the kids will say things to the volunteers. And I'm always worried about my volunteers that way. (laughs) But, um, but more than that, I think what made me do it anyway was I felt like it was if they could just see, if people could just see that it's really not as bad as Hollywood portrays, that it's really not, oh, these foster parents are just in it for the money. That if they could see that these little kids' faces, that they may embrace that, maybe even a calling to help in some way, care for foster families or foster children. I think sometimes our dreams, the idea of what it can be has to be bigger than our fears. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's same for me. Yeah. So I have to ask, I'm actually, this is one of my favorite questions. So we kind of talked a little bit about the fears and, and, you know, that can be a little bit down sometimes. So I'm, I hope you guys are sticking with us on this part because now we're going to kind of get to the fun stuff that I just love. I love, love, love this question. Now that you are doing FNO, what do you love about it the most? Can you share some stories or some things that you just love? Yeah. Well, personally, for me, coolest thing that happened in FNO is at one point, I think it was pretty, it was probably a year and a half ago, my very first placement um, walked through the door and I got to, so this was a little girl that I had at two days old for about three weeks and she is adopted now. We hope to keep her actually, but so it was kind of a funny story, but the family that ended up with her had her brother already adopted. And mm-hmm. so she got to move to her biological brother's home. When she comes, she's just like, Annie, and she knows that I was one of her first moms and that I loved her and cared for her. And she always like just kind of smiles at me and gets all shy and wants to hug me. And so that's personally 
One of my like Aww. most awesome things for me <laughs> is my little sweetie pie that, that hugs me every time she comes. That's one. But as someone who, because my vision or my big dream was to let others know about the needs of foster children, I love listening to the stories of the volunteers. They encounter kids that are struggling and they get to love them. And so one comment that a lot of my volunteers say is when the foster parents drop off the kid, they're always like, oh my gosh, like I'm so tired. It's been a rough week. Like life is really hard. Like they might share like a little bit of their struggle and then they leave their children and they just are like, thank you. And they go away and they come back just refreshed. Mm. And I've had many people tell me, wow, that family left just really sad and haggard and came back like alive and refreshed. And so that's been one of the best ongoing things that we're noticing is the foster parents come back and are just like, and we, we say little things to them like just step outside yeah just be alone and breathe like fresh air without your five children <laughs> yes. so that's a that's a huge thing that I love about it it's amazing what a date or just yeah stepping yeah. away can do <laughs> and some of the foster parents have invited each other like they'll meet at the drop-off zone and then they'll go have coffee across the street or go have dinner across the street at Proveco or whatever and and get to hang out and talk with each other about how hard it is. Yes. So it's been almost like facilitating support groups a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, man. Can you facilitate one for mothers of teenagers? I mean, seriously? <laughs> I'll be in that too. <laughs> what a great thing. Oh, man. No, I love my kids. I'm just going to put that on the record. <laughs> totally. I love them to death. <laughs> Would be nice to have a support group. Um, <laughs> so if anyone out there is thinking of starting with Clark County, Vancouver, Washington, would love it. Okay, so you did it anyways. You're seeing great things come out of it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're probably getting stories and all kinds of awesome yeah, things. Yeah, every time we have awesome stories of kids feeling cared for and kids feeling loved and wanting to come back and, and parents being grateful and social workers being really grateful. Mm. So it's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So my audience is, you know, people who are trying to pull themselves, you know, that they know they have depression, they've been through this, maybe they've had dreams and goals, they haven't been able to reach you know, because of their depression, we're hoping to help them see like, you know, there are fears, we all have fears in Mm -hmm. starting something and have to have a big enough dream and goal. And hopefully hearing, you know, the things that you're saying about, you know, your program and the Mm -hmm. great things and what you would have missed out on if you didn't do it will give them, you know, the motivation they need. And so my last question is, if you could offer one encouragement to someone in the audience who is on the brink of chasing a dream or a goal, an aspiration, or they have a big decision in their life to make, what would you say to them? One of the comments that I think I get and a lot of foster parents I think get is, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. Or like, how do you do that? And I, I think it's like anything, because when you first asked me that question, Mariah, I thought of some just key things that I practice all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think like when that question comes up of how do you do that, it is a matter of taking one step at a time. It is a matter of looking at what's in front of you and what that inkling of what you want is and walking towards it in a very slow baby step way that, mm-hmm. you know, celebrating small wins, kind of being faithful to what the next step is, mm-hmm. and then watching it grow. Because that's definitely how I feel about FNO. It's been, okay, I think maybe some people will do this with me and talking to that team and like, what do you guys think about this? And then making that, you know, first plan of that, okay, I guess let's invite kids from, from foster, this foster care network and 
maybe no one will come. Maybe it'll be five. Like Mm -hmm. having that just a little bit of like audacity (laughs) to like dream or guess or take one small step. And and we ended up, we max out kids every time. The impact that it's making is way bigger than the dream that I originally had. Mm -hmm. So that's been really cool to know that when making a big decision or chasing a dream, I think if when you're faithful with that tiny step, like that one step forward, you all of a sudden look behind you and are like, wow, that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. kind of cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. That's one of my favorite tips, honestly. Um, I, I've practiced the exact same thing. Yeah. Take one step because it's easy to get overwhelmed by the bigger picture. Right. But you just got to take that first step. Even telling people. Yeah. It's like a big first step. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those first days of inviting them over for dinner and being like, are we crazy? And <laughs> almost all of those people at those first meetings are now foster parents. Oh my God. So that's like oh, really wow. special to me. It's <laughs> really cool. That's so amazing. Yeah. Well, I want to make sure that we can find you. Yeah. Um, I think that people out there are going to want to know how they can get a hold of you. Where can they find out more about FNO, fostering, all that stuff? So, could you share a few resources yeah. with us? Yeah. Fostering or Friday Night Out, which is for me as a part of Fostering Hope, is just a part of my job at Compass. So, that's pretty awesome that I get to do that as part of my job, too. That's a huge blessing. The Compass website is compassv.org. And it's in process, so you'll soon see Fostering Hope information on there. We do a few more other things besides um, FNO, so it's really fun. And then EmbraceWashington.org is a new kind of helpful tool for anyone interested in caring for foster kids. So they've got office moms, um, welcome boxes, and FNO on Embrace. It's actually EmbraceWA.org. And that's just a great resource for anybody that wants to do something small or big to help foster kids. Awesome. And I'll make sure that when we get those podcast notes, they'll be in the podcast notes so you guys can find those easily. So, well, I think that is everything. I mean, gosh, I feel like we could sit and ask a hundred more questions and maybe one day we'll be able to incorporate a and a for our podcasts. But I just want to thank the listeners for, you know, joining us. I hope and I know that you got great information from Annie and this was just so awesome. And I just want to thank you, Annie, for joining yeah, us. Thanks this was for so having great. Me. So until next time, I hope that you can continue to find freedom in your everyday life. And I can't wait to be with you next podcast. Bye, guys. I really hope you enjoyed today's show, and I hope you got inspiration and refreshment. If you liked today's content or got anything that was helpful to you, I would sure appreciate it if you took a moment to head on over to iTunes to give my podcast a review so others can find it too. You can always find me at my website, MariahYoung.net, or my Facebook page, Finding Freedom in Everyday Life, or on my Twitter, at MariahYoung. Please feel free to reach me at any of these locations. I will get back to you. You guys are awesome, and I love and appreciate you. Thanks so much. Until next time, ta-ta for now.